Welcome to Save the Cowboy. This is Pastor Kevin Weatherby, and I invite you to saddle up and ride with us as we strike a trot to the backside of God's green pastures and learn how to live for Him. If you got your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke, cha- I'm starting to feel a little claustrophobic. Luke chapter 2, and uh, we'll be there in a minute. Um, I, I didn't really witness any of this story uh, firsthand. It, it, came, uh, it came down through the cowboy uh, grapevine, and if you're a cowboy, you know how that goes. But uh, anyway, I, I had this, uh, I didn't have this cousin. I still have this cousin. But anyway, there's a cousin of mine that uh, called another fella, and he's like, hey, man, I just got a short day, need some help gathering this trap, and we need to do some stuff, so uh, anyway, could you come give me a hand? He's like, sure. And so the guy, the fella pulls up at the pens that day, and he has two horses in the trailer, and he goes, I told you it's going to be a short day. What do you do? Why'd you bring two horses? He goes, I got something to do with that other one after we get done. He's like, all right. So anyway, they gathered up, and they went and did their stuff and everything. It was just the two of them, and they came back, and my cousin was doing some stuff over here. And when he came back to the trailer, he noticed that there was the biggest, ugliest horse that he had ever seen in his life was tied inside his trailer. He goes, where'd that horse come from? He said, that's the other one that was in my trailer. He said, why is he in my trailer? He said, because you want to buy him from me. (laughs) My cousin said, "Uh, no, I don't think that I do. And he goes, no, you do. You just don't know it yet. And he said, I know you're getting ready for your... uh, for your fall works and everything. And he said, I'm going to see you next weekend because I'm going to come down there and help you. But Monday through Friday, he said, I want you to take this horse and I'll make a deal with you. My cousin said, okay, what's the deal? He said, you ride this horse every single day and if he ain't dead by Saturday, you have to buy him from me. (laughs) Now you have to, my cousin, uh, he's about my size, six. 280. The internet makes me look smaller than what I actually am. The the stage and the the microphone and just all this. Anyway, uh, anyway, he said, he said, you ride this horse every day. He said, I usually take three horses down there because you know that ranch is, is tough, it's rough, it's it's just hard to get around in. He said, I don't care. He said, you ride him as hard as you can. And, and granted, my cousin, I ain't joking, he was like 6'2", and when I say 250, I was just talking about his left leg. <laughs> he said, well, he'll have to be a horse. He said, you're serious, try to kill him. He said, yeah. He said, you ride him till he stops. He said, all right. He said, you ain't going to get mad when I kill your horse, are you? He's like, nope. And so anyway, Saturday rolls around, and my cousin's buddy comes pulling up to the ranch. My cousin comes walking out and he goes, what do I have to pay you for that horse? He said, do you like him? He said, I have never seen... He said, usually I bring three horses whenever I come up here. He said, I bring my my showy horse and and he's all papered and everything. And if I I remember right, that that horse's name was uh, Bluebell Vanilla Beans Dream Decadence or something like that. That's how people name horses these days. Or maybe I just want some ice cream. That, that could have been it this morning. Christy's gone, so I've been living on pizza and ice cream. <laughs> for dessert Coke floats. He said, usually I have to take my, uh, my showy horse. You know, he'll do anything. He'll climb up the mountain. He'll open the gate. He'll, 
he'll count when the, when the cows go through, and this, this horse is shiny and, and nice. And he said, and then I take my, I've got a horse that I just use for the pen work. He's a cutting horse. He won't let anything by, man. He, he's good. And he said, and then sometimes I just take my old head horse whenever I go team roping. He said, I usually take him because he'll always put you in the right spot at the right time. He said, but, but crud. He said, I don't need any of those three because this one's tougher than all of them put together. He said, I ain't never seen a horse that was as rough and as tough and made out of the right stuff as that horse was. He said, but you'd never know by looking at him. Had a big old Roman nose, and you know, just like the strawberry Roman, uh, ears touched at the tip. It wasn't something you was going to win nothing on unless it was uh, maybe one of them freestyle reining clinics where you dress the horses up. You might win on that one. So he got one. He got this horse. He paid him $2,500 for the horse, which that's about the going rate down there for a steady ranch horse and stuff like that. So... Uh, Anyway, what I'm going to talk to you all about today, I'll tie this in in just a minute. In Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, ouch, somebody come read this, not really. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1, this is the story of Jesus, Mark and John, the Gospels of Mark and John don't even record the birth of Jesus. Matthew talks about it somewhat, but Luke, the physician, gives us our, our greatest account of Jesus' birth. He says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while some guy was governor of Syria. That's what it says. My, my version says some guy. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a kiddo. Mine says kiddo. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, her firstborn a boy. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a feed trough because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were some cowboys living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their herd at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they was spooked. Some versions may say terrified. Mine says spooked. But the angel said to them, Don't be scared. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a feed trough. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men in whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said, uh, I'm sorry, the cowboys said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and struck a long trot and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feed trough. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all the things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Nearly everybody has heard that story, the, the Christmas story of the 
birth of Jesus. But there, there's, there, there's a question that was gnawing on me as I was telling my wife. I was like, I ain't got a clue what I'm going to preach about at that Christmas service. There's going to be a bunch of people there. I don't know. And she said, well, it'll probably be the thing that you least expect. And sure enough, it was. Because I've got an I've got a interesting thing to say about that Christmas story. The interesting fact is that only seven verses, only seven verses out of those 20 that I read, only seven verses are not about the cowboys that the angel told. The first seven verses just kind of lay the scene, and then the angel goes out there to where the cowboys are out there with their livestock in the middle of the night. And an angel of the Lord appears. Wait a minute. Did he appear to the cowboys? Or uh, why, why didn't God send an angel to tell them, them uh, and preachers about it? I mean, he could have he zapped right in there to the old synagogue and had a whole parcel of priests and everybody else that knew about God a lot. He could have said, the Messiah, the Christ, the one that can take away your sins forever, the one that y'all been waiting on, hunkered down, he's here, he's right over there. Why didn't he do that? Why didn't he go to the, to the showy Pharisees that had their big clothes on and their fancy stuff? Why not the dependable priests that made the sacrifices each and every day when people would bring them in? Why didn't God go to them? Why didn't He go to the church? Why didn't He send the angel in there? Why in the world would the only people that God would send an angel to that the Bible records is a couple of cowboys on night watch? And why in 20 verses explaining the birth of Jesus, so there are only seven about that, and if you do the math, that leaves about 16 verses, right? No? Okay. That was funnier in my notes. <laughs> Y'all must be new here. Why didn't, you, why didn't God send an angel to talk to the teachers of the law or the scribes or the rabbis or the students? Why in the world did he go out there to some cowboys on the night watch? God chose the cowboys because he needed folks. Just like that horse that I told you about. He didn't need somebody flashy. He didn't need somebody that was just always in the right spot at the right time in the right arena. He didn't need somebody that was just good at staying in front of something. He needed somebody that was rough tough, and made of the right stuff. And I thank God that he chose an angel of all the people that he could have told about his firstborn son. Who was it when you, who was the first one that you called whenever your first baby was born? Who was it when God's boy was born? He called the cowboys. He needed rough, tough, and people made out of the right stuff. He needed some rough cowboys. God didn't call no sissies. You know what? One thing that I cannot stand in today's day and age is you talk to one of these people that don't go to church regular or don't read their Bible regular. They may say they believe in God and everything, but I think that the number one reason why men especially don't come to Christ is they think that Christianity is for sissies. I guarantee you, if you've been following God like He asked you to for any length of time, it ain't for sissies, it's for tough people. Because it's a tough ride. Now, it's worth it 
worth every bit of it. I'd never seen a ride that wasn't tough that everybody kept talking about. Yeah, we was, we was a gathering these cattle in this big meadow and nothing happened. It was awesome. Now, sometimes if you've been in a wreck, that is good. But those, those types of stories don't live on. God called rough cowboys. He needed somebody that had what it took. He called tough cowboys. The night watch wasn't easy. It's the middle of the night, man. There's a whole bunch of creepy, crawly things that can sneak up on you at night. I got a tomcat that Sue gave us that will plumb scare the doo-doo out of you. You think I'm funny? Come try it. You're getting that cat back. His mama was a mountain lion. But the night watch was tough. I mean, you know, back then, they didn't have these big set of corrals. They just had, they didn't have no fences or nothing. They just went out with the herd, and they had to keep watch with it. They just stood there all night long on the night watch. I bet that wasn't no fun at all. But you think fighting a polar bear is rough during the daytime? Hit one of them dadgum things with a big old stick in the middle of the night and see what happens. The night watch is tough. God appeared and told cowboys, better known as shepherds, he was the first one that he called when his boy was born. Cowboys work till the job is done. That's why he chose them. Them cowboys were out there. They might not have been doing much, but they was doing their job. God needed uh, cowboys that would do what he called them to do until the job was done. They won't quit if it gets a little dark. They don't quit if it gets a tad bit cold, unless they're from Texas and spending their second winter in Colorado. <laughs> the only reason I quit is because my wife gets worried about me. She wants me to come inside. <laughs> Y'all are awful. But cowboys don't quit. Except when it's windy. We don't like wind. I think we'd rather have the hot and the cold than the wind. Wind just makes you mad. Not really. Sometimes you just got to go out there and get it done. And it doesn't matter if it's cold. It don't matter if it's hot. It don't matter if you're tired. I know a cowboy last night that had to get up every two hours to check on an animal that he knows probably not going to make it, but he did. That's what it is. That's why God went and told cowboys about his firstborn son. He needed men like that, not men that walked around in their fancy dresses and their, and their big hats talking about how holy they were. God needed men of the earth. He needed real men. They didn't stop until the work was done, unless there was a team roping. Or a ranch rodeo. Oh, but that's beside the point. God needed men that were tough enough for the task at hand. He did. He needed men that were tough enough for the task at hand. And although it is not said in the Bible, I can guarantee you that they did not put lotion on after they got out of the shower. I was talking to a few people about that just now. <laughs> no, 
Now Shane's telling everybody around him what happened. So if you're on Facebook, friends with Shane Goss, you'll know what I'm talking about. Your Facebook page is fixing to blow up, Shane. God needed tough cowboys. He needed rough cowboys. He needed those that could, could work the lay of the land, could do what he called them to do. God needed men that were made of the right stuff, stuff like courage. Because I guarantee you, following God takes a whole lot of courage. I don't mean, courage don't mean that you ain't scared. Courage means even if you're scared, you do it anyway. He needed men that were honest. And I want you to think about these things, these six things. He needed somebody with courage. He needed somebody with honesty. He needed somebody that knew respect. He needed somebody that had integrity. He needed somebody that could be strong. And he needed somebody that would speak the truth. Courage. God needed people made of the right stuff. Courage. Honesty. Respect. Integrity. Strength. Truth. That's what cowboys stand for. But if you put all of those things together, C for courage, H for honesty, R for respect, I for integrity, S for strength, and T for truth. It spells out Christ. The cowboy is the last living, breathing person on the earth. And those that might identify with the cowboy that still hold him to that code of where your handshake is as good as a signature or a contract, where you will speak the truth, whether it's in love or maybe even if it hurts somebody for a little while. They know about honesty. They know about respect. I watched my little boy the other day open a door for a complete stranger. And it wasn't one of them automatic walk-through doors either. He likes to open those for people. He'll wait till they come and he'll jump in front of them. But it was an actual door. And I didn't even have to ask him or nothing. Where is that respect in America today? Where is that type of respect anywhere in the world today? That's why we need to save the cowboy. This is bigger than you and me. But I'm not done. In Luke chapter 2, in verse 16 it says, When the cowboys hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Oh, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. There's cowboys and cowgirls here today. You've heard God's call. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. Well, you might be here if your wife told you you had to come. But irregardless, you're here for a reason. You're not here by accident. Not a single one of us is. But God is telling you now to go find his boy. Just like he told those cowboys 2,000 years ago, he sent an angel and he told some cowboys, go find my son. You'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. Are you looking for God? You need to be. That's what God said to do. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, you know, I know a lot of cowboys that, and cowgirls that say they believe in God. I know a lot of cowboys and cowgirls that claim to have had prayers answered. 
claimed to have seen God in some form or fashion. Maybe it was in the eyes of their newborn baby. Maybe it was in the love as a mama calf defends her baby calf from the cowboy that's trying to vaccinate it. It's nearly time for cabin. Y'all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But it's not just enough to look for him, and it's not just enough to look upon him. Because it says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. See, God laid it on their hearts. He said, I want you to go and find my boy. And they obeyed. They went and they found him. And when they found him, they knew who he was. And then it had changed their lives so much that they went out and told others what they had seen. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the cowboys said to them. Are you keeping Jesus to yourself? Do you even have him for yourself? Have you ever seen him? A lot of people want proof of Jesus. You will never find it because if there was proof, there would be no need for faith. But you can find Jesus. He's here with us today. He said, where two or more gather, there I am also. He's here. If you'll forget about yourself for just a minute and what you, your earthly wants and needs your trials and tribulations are, and you open yourself up to God, you'll see Him. And then it'll be time after you see Him to go tell people about Him. And what do I mean by telling people about Him? I don't mean that you have to go hand out tracts down at the Guadalajara restaurant. What I want you to do is live your lives for Him. That is the greatest act of spreading the Word of God that there can ever be is just you living your life for Jesus Christ. And it starts in your homes. It starts in your hearts. It starts with your spouse, if you have one. It starts with your kids. And once those are in line, other people will start noticing. I'm not standing up here telling everybody that you have to, we're going to have 42,000 Jesus sticks in the back and everybody pick one up and go whack somebody today. That ain't what I'm saying. But we do need to live our lives like we do believe in Him, like we have seen Him. And we need to let our actions... Cowboys, you know, we can sit up here and we can say a lot of things, but anybody can say something. Let Jesus be seen through your everyday lives. It's not that hard, but it'll be the hardest thing that you ever do because you're going to have to quit thinking about yourself and yourself only. You know, this old world is full of tough trails and scary switchbacks. Our prayer is that God spoke to you today through His Word. If you heard God talking to you, just get on the internet and visit us at SaveTheCowboy.com. We're trying to reach every corner of the globe wherever there might be a cowboy or cowgirl that needs to hear God's Word in a way that they can understand. But we can't do that without your support. You can become a saddle partner with us at our website, www.SaveTheCowboy.com or contact us at 303-621-0133. Get out there and do what God's telling you to do. This program was brought to you by Western LLC, facility development for the oil and gas and aviation industries across the western United States. Reach them at westernllc.net. Also by the good folks at Integrity Auto Repair in Kiowa, Colorado and Comanche Creek Enterprises. Contact them today for no-till drilling and burrowing rodent control.